0: Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, the station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan.
1: what can I say on this Monday edition of Lifeline? Happens to be February 5th, 2024. You know that, I know that. And what can we talk about for the next couple of hours? What can we commiserate about? What can we dialogue about? What can we discuss? What can we proffer? What can we excogitate? What can we deliberate? What can we analyze, critique, and draw some conclusions on for the next two hours, that might make us better when we leave the program than we are presently now. I think I'll start off with you by reminding you, I am Jesse Gistan, the host of the Monday edition of uh, Lifeline. Our dear friend, Craig Roberts, will take a hold of the helm through Tuesday, all the way through Friday, bringing you all kind of different topics, books, et cetera, et cetera. But here we are in 2024. And if you've been listening to me for years, you know what I do. I take the Bible and I aim it directly at real world issues. And I use it as a prism by which we interpret our world through the scriptures and acquire what the psalmist said, discernment to know what is right and wrong in our world. Through your precepts, oh God do I get understanding? Psalm one nineteen one o four. 104, therefore I hate every false way. You and I, beloved, live in a world full of troubles, full of difficulties, full of challenges, and just a myriad of optics, audiovisual optics that are largely designed to misdirect and dis- distract us from the real issues of life, the pertinent issues of life, that the Bible says constitutes a need for understanding where we are with God and, and where we are in terms of our his will in our lives and where we are in terms of our standing before him with respect to our sin condition, the merits of his son's blood, whether or not we are leaning fully and de- depending upon totally uh, the work of Jesus and uh, the redemption that's in him. And we are therefore living daily, making choices that correspond to the reality of eternity on the other side of us closing our eyes in death or the Lord returning. Now, as we think through that big issue right there, every other event in our life, no matter what it is, beloved, no matter what it is, every other event in our life is either sanctifying us toward glory or impeding our sanctification by way of distraction and altering our minds from needing to be um, clear on what's in front of us, what is taking place in our life, and how should we answer it? Or as you've heard before, how then shall we live? And I remember telling you maybe about two years ago in the midst of the fog of uh, of COVID, as one Arthur had said, live not by lies, as we were unpacking the fallacies of the propaganda that comes out of our media and our um, governmental news agencies telling us how things are supposed to be viewed and understood as they have uh, framed it and proffered it to us, and we have learned how to um, deconstruct their notions and reevaluate it uh, in our own right through our own mechanisms of discernment and realize that our government does lie to us continually. And, and sometimes it's hard to even believe at what at what point do they ever tell us the unvarnished truth if we don't wrestle it out of them, if we don't force them to comply with our reasonable, rational uh, will and, and desire for a conversation about things that make sense. All right. So we can we can all assume, agree, and hold the idea that next Sunday, the Lord willing, we see it, there will be a Super Bowl game between the 49ers, our our coveted home team, and the Kansas City Chiefs, another lauded team. I, I love them both because they I mean, they're developing a legacy, quite frankly, with, with the quarterback. I enjoy his skill set and what they have done over the last last four or five years, basically having taken that team and, and made them a contender uh, for the Super Bowl again and again and again. That's no small feat. I'm just letting you know. But our beloved 49ers of uh, whom... I have great affection for going all the way back to the 60s. I'm sure you too. I know a bunch of y'all are Raider fans. Don't get me wrong. I loved, past tense, the Raiders when they were here, but uh, they're not. So I can't, listen, I can't whine and cry about a girlfriend that has left me. Okay, i got to get on with my life and thus I have. And I went back to the one that I was with. You know, if you can't love the one that you with, uh, how does it go? Love the one you with, not the one you won't. Uh, And the 49ers have stuck with us for, I mean, decades upon decades upon decades. Give them kudos for that. That's called being faithful to your community. And they have stepped up again and again and again. And uh, I enjoyed the game week before last. I hope you did too. And and, uh, I was surprised at how well the quarterback did. I I haven't been keeping up with them for a long time because I hate the uh, superficial book uh, doctrine that that basically permeates every commercial in sports today. So I left off with it going all the way back to COVID. Haven't watched an NBA basketball game in years because of the same kind of foolishness being uttered by people who are who are mesmerized by the goofiness of thinking that you can bring distorted politics into sports. And that's something that we like to hear. But, you know, when I hear that our teams are doing well and moving forward and uh, an opportunity for being in the playoffs, and hence, I I watched one game, one game only this year, and that was the 49ers uh, against the Detroit Lions two weeks ago. And um, as I told a real good friend of mine who, who was a football coach, I told him, I said, you know, I probably shouldn't have cut this cut this TV on, Haven't watched TV in a long time as well. And I'm watching the football game. I think I'm jinxing the 49ers because they just were doing horrible in the first half. So I I cut it off, I'm going to be honest with you. And I went and took a nap. I said, all right, all right, I'll go back and see if there can be a relationship salvaged out of this thing. And (laughs) cut the TV on and lo and behold, we were up. And I went, oh, here we go. This is going to be a nail biter all the way down to the end. And uh, we pulled it out well. I'm sure you guys know. You guys who are uh, sports uh, aficionados, you know how that goes. And uh, here we are. And so we'll get a chance, if we're healthy, and again having made right choices, to observe and watch and enjoy the uh, the possibility of a great game next week. Who do you think is going to win? You can use that as part of your talking point when you pick up one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Who do you think is going to win? The 49ers are the Chiefs and why, if you want to start that off. Of course, you know, you and I can engage in theological discussions, exegetical, expository, scriptural discussions. If you have a question you want to talk about scripturally, if you want to uh, uh, raise a question around something you have heard me teach are taught in the past up to now. I'll be glad to answer your questions on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, I hold to my guns until I am proven otherwise. Uh, and so I teach with boldness, with confidence, internal humility before God, but uh, fairly, fairly uh, clear Um uh, that I do my homework before I set it out there before the public. And I think I have done the public some small measure of service over the last 20 plus years, even though I don't always toe the same line with the rest of the fellas. And that that's not what I'm called to. And so I hope you do enjoy the teaching and the preaching. And if you have a question, you can you can ask me about it. We are going through the book of Pilgrim's Progress, and I certainly will put you on board with our 345 other uh, Zoom classes. We have a Zoom class on Wednesday at about 6 30. And if you want to be part of that uh, Pilgrim's Progress Zoom class, you can uh, email me at gbc at gmail.com. Gbc girl boy cat hayward at gmail.com. Say, hey, PJ, can I get on the class with you? Give you the Zoom information, send you the outlines and stuff. Obviously, you know what we're doing. We are doing a biblical exegesis of the doctrines inherent in the Pilgrim's progress. So we're going deep into the word of God and learning more about scripture, but understanding the brilliance and wisdom that God gave to Mr. Bunyan while in prison, suffering for having preached the true gospel when the state, when England was clamping down on faithful gospel preaching, as it seems to be the case happening around the world again today. And so as one of God's soldiers, he suffered, but we have been blessed by it. The number is 188-3675329. 188. 3675329. We can get the phone lines buzzing if you want to. We can go into conversation mode, uh, topics, address theology, whatever the case may be, worldviews. You know, I'm gonna continue giving you some of the uh recent issues and facts going on geopolitically. But yes, let's have a conversation at 188 You're listening to the Monday edition. With your host, Jesse
0: Gistin, I'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline.
1: Indeed, we are. The time is 519 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. The number to reach me if you want to have a conversation is 1-888-367-5329. 888 1888 to talk with yours truly, PJ, that's what they call me, affectionately at Grace, and we can have a conversation. Um, let's see here, while the lines are filling up, what's in the news today? What's happening in Ukraine, you guys? Do you really know? Uh, getting back to your mainstream media, your legacy media outlet, your neopravda Neo Pravda propaganda outlet, Why aren't you being told that Ukraine is suffering absolute devastation in terms of the war with Russia, that it was an absolute debacle, that it was a massive failure in terms of all of the billions of dollars that we poured into Ukraine, and we have not fared the better. In a moment, the Ukrainians are going to give up because they're conscripting people off the street, taking men off the street. Uh, 40 years old and up, and all the way down to 18, men and women. Do nobody want to fight this war? Nobody wants to fight this war. This is a losing battle. And why does our government continue to paint a false picture of what's going on over there? Because they know here in this country as well. Guess what, y'all? No one wants to go to war for our country because they lied too much to us. The young people are clear. About the line, the old people, not so much. We happen to be trapped by the uh the fallacy of how things used to be, if you will. Uh, put in quotes, you know, the good old days, um, the faithful days, you know, and these are interpreted depending upon your region, your uh <laughs> Your your politics, your economic status, your gender, your, your race, all that stuff plays a role in what we would call fond memories of good old days. And yet Solomon said, do not say the former days, the former days were better than these. This is disorientation as well, a kind of um, romanticizing the past when the past was pretty, pretty vile and wicked for us too. In fact, I don't know an era in which Americans, after doing enough penetrating into the facts around any of the wars that we fought, that uh, besides World War II, um, that uh, we were happy about fighting those wars. Uh, war World War One, World War Two are very controversial wars. When you go back and do the history, Vietnam was a mess. I've got loved ones that went to Vietnam. Korea was a mess. Uh, And all of the stuff that went on with the Bushes and the Clintons and so forth, uh, Jimmy Carter, all that stuff, the Middle East wars we've done, all a mess. Why would our young men and women want to jump on board of a Department of Defense that engages in making billions of dollars out of weapons sales and the collateral damage of human beings and geopolitical strategies that are designed to last until 2050? And and the only thing that we're going to find ourselves doing is suffering the loss of sons and daughters and no real gain. I mean, no real gain. This is something we're going to come into uh, a real crisis of awareness uh, with here in a moment, you guys, that the idea that America can go around and establish democracies in other countries where they don't want it is a fallacy of purpose, a fallacy of reason a fallacy of history. This is fallacious historically. It does not work. We're not all that good at being democratic in our own country. Truth be told, we're not that good at being democratic in our own country. Why do we think we can sell it somewhere else? Is this merely a sales pitch that we've been engaging in over the last 70, 80 years? of liberating countries from tyranny and socialism and and Marxism and and all of the other kind of totalitarian models of governance. Is this a sales pitch for us simply to dominate uh, portions of the world through NATO or the UN? Is that what this is possibly? Hint, hint. Because I can tell you, if if you look at what's going on with the nations around the world, they're pretty sick and tired of American uh, prevalence quite frankly. And again, if you look at Israel, Israel's a mess. Um, Notwithstanding what happened on October 7th, when you go back to October 6th and you go back 20 years and 30, 40, 50 years, you realize why they they were in the debacle that they were in and leading up to this response that took place then. Nobody wants you to do that, but you have to. You have to. You have to just look at what's going on when a bunch of people are being control dominated, hurt, harmed, and, and and abused, and you don't find a policy that can enhance them as a people group, help them come to a level of fullness so that they can operate out of some autonomy and freedom, then you're going to have what we had here in America. I mean, America could not survive if we didn't get over slavery. It's just the real fact. You you can't enslave people. You can't control people. You can't dominate people perpetually without turning them into enemies and strengthening them to the point where they retaliate. It's just this is just a law of nature. This is why I love the gospel because the answer to war is peace, and the ground of peace has to be. Redemption and the ground of redemption has to be based upon a mutual recognition of our need for a God who can actually solve the internal enmity that exists between brothers. Because this is a brother-to-brother warfare. I don't care where you are on the planet. You and I are brothers. I don't care how light you are, how dark I am. It doesn't matter if I'm from Africa and you are from 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 Ukraine. You, you can be all the way over into the far regions of Russia. You can be from Iceland. We're brothers. This is the fact of the matter. And once we get over the superficiality of melanin and superficiality of nationalism, which I think is constantly reinforced by these war games our nations play, And we come to understand that, as the Bible puts it, this is Cain and Abel all all over again. This is Isaac and Ishmael. This is Jacob and Esau all over again. This is all that's going on. Forget the religion. The religion is part of the propaganda scam, I can assure you. As we head to World War III and we are on the brink of that, y'all going to be told all over again, forget what was going on by the propaganda at 9-11 and how we're supposed to be scared of everything called Muslim. Because every Muslim's a terrorist, so that every Palestinian is a Hamas terrorist. Nothing could be further from the truth and don't buy it for a second. Like the young people don't buy it. And I don't blame them. Like people after a while picked up on Vietnam Vietnam and realized we were the ones that instigated that whole thing and thinking we could take over their country. And what did we discover? They did the same thing that that the Palestinians were doing digging tunnels in the ground, hiding underneath the ground because of our military force. And when we got on the ground, they tore our butt up. I- I've talked to Vietnamese, I've talked to war vets from Vietnam, and they've told us explicitly it wasn't possible to beat them on the ground. wasn't possible. And we still didn't win that war. And we had to pull out um, because it was a fiasco uh, under the headship of um, uh, Nixon, and uh, and some of the other cronies who thought that they could just you know bowl their way into into countries. He just died recently. His name will come up, um, Russian cat that we thought was some absolute brilliant individual, and all he was was a globalist. And here we are. We're you know we're halfway into the globalist agenda. There's no doubt about it. But we're not there yet. Um, you know the collateral damage for us to turn into a um, a, a global. A uh, nationless society is going to be remarkably painful. I'm talking about uh, tens of millions of people will die before we become uh, a, a a nationless state governed by a group of oligarchs that basically will have control over the regions digitally, economically, and so forth. I, I know I've told you this since nine since 2001. Goes goes 2000. Agenda 21, now Agenda 2030, and Agenda 2050. I see where this is going, and I'm saying war never works. And if you're a Christian, you should know that by now. War simply destroys. It never builds up. It never edifies. It never it never grows. And so uh, we've we got to change our policies, ladies and gentlemen. If we're going to be a strong nation and not just a bully nation, you can't win a fight by bullying. It just never works. So, again, I'm just letting, listen, I'm here to let you know it doesn't work that way. And so, what's going on in Ukraine is pathetic, it's sad, and we don't want to tell the truth. Sometimes, when you're losing, you know what you do? You pull back, just pull back and say, you know what? I'm going to count the costs here. Let's reroute, let's reevaluate, let's take another angle at this. And we're going to be forced to do it. We're going to be forced to do it. That's why China and Russia are already developing a relationship to break away from the dollar and go back to the gold standard. And we're going to we're going to be fit to be taught. This is why we're headed to World War III right now because our, our 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 war game plan is not working. You know what insanity is? Of course you do. Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different outcome—that is not wise. The number is one 367 5329 367 5329 Not to mention the massive bleeding at the borders of Texas. Got to talk about it. one 367 5329 When I come back, we'll have more and then we'll get to the phone lines on this Monday edition with PJ. We'll be right back.
0: The words you are about to hear are taken from letters sent in by members of the Trinity Debt Management Program.
1: Dear Trinity,
2: today I'm making my final credit card payment.
3: Before I came to you, I was in a constant state of anxiety and panic, but now there is hope for my family's financial future. Working with Trinity made me understand that I'm not alone.
2: You really do help people. Your kindness will never be forgotten. Without Trinity's support, I would not have achieved my lifelong goal of becoming debt-free.
3: We saved a lot on interest and penalties, of course, but the reward was the gift of human kindness. Trinity
2: has carried me
4: through
3: a very difficult time in my life. You're amazing.
2: I used to feel so anxious and hopeless. Now I feel grace and peace.
4: God bless Trinity as you continue to help
0: others become debt-free. If credit card debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-793-9159. That's 1-800-793-9159.
3: If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is so frustrating. But here's some great news. If you were just notified that your Medicare costs are increasing, a program out there can really help you with your medical bills, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus. It's not insurance. Members actually say it's better. It's a Christian health care community that aligns with your faith and where people encourage and pray for you and medishare 65 plus is a low cost option for those with medicare parts a and b and it fills in the gaps where medicare stops you choose any medicare provider and you get telehealth access anytime you need it and this is great too unlike health insurance you can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years so don't get stuck with increasing costs call Share65 65 plus and find out how much you can save. Call 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55.
4: Gymnastics has been shown to help young children develop heightened physical and cognitive skills, and often a love for the sport that continues into adulthood. That's why Interstellar Gymnastics offers classes for all skill levels, from beginners to Olympic hopefuls. Centrally located in Santa Clara, our seasoned coaches have helped develop some of the area's top talent. Visit Interstellar InterstellarGymnastics.com to sign up, or get your kids started with a free trial class. Call for details or visit InterstellarGymnastics.com. What if there was a university on the train? An accounting class under the one shady spot at soccer practice. Imagine if every waiting room was actually a classroom.
3: The doctor will see you now.
4: What if you could pick the time and the place that works for you, and college would just appear? UMass Global offers 100% online classes, short eight-week courses, and personalized support to help you succeed in college, wherever you are in life. Major in your future. Visit umassglobal.edu to apply.
2: Mental health challenges are on the rise among our youth, and so is the need for more support. Thanks to California's new certified wellness coach profession, you can be part of the solution without needing an advanced degree. If you're a student or a recent grad in social services or a related field, you don't want to miss this opportunity to spread the wellness. Learn more at cawellnesscoach.org. Supported by the California Department of Healthcare Access and Information.
0: And now back to Lifeline.
1: We're back. The time is 534. All the lines are open. If you want to call me, the number is one 367 5329 All the lines are open. 1-888-367-5329. I'll be glad to field address any question or observation you may have um, to fulfill our time. 1-888-367-5329. King Charles of England. All my life I was calling him Prince Charles. Uh apparently he's got some kind of cancer uh taking place. He's probably about 65 or 70 by now, maybe a little bit older, not real sure, but uh he's got some cancer. They figure he'll be okay. He went in for a test um for uh obstructions in his um colon. You know, how our, our brothers have to take those tests to make sure that they're all right. Uh prostate. Uh and, and he was pretty good. And then they found something really weird. And so they're trying to work that through now. So you want to pray for King Charles that, uh, you know, that this will be a wake-up call and keep him from uh, exiting this world way too soon. So yes, let's be clear on Ukraine. Ukraine is not winning anything. They're losing badly. And it's embarrassing when you got to take 40-year-old men plus 18-year-old boys and women and put them, conscript them, force them into the military. And I put that out there to you because if we we gradually turn this thing in the Middle East into a third world war, you will see the draft come back. You will see it come back because recruitments are at an all-time low. People do not have a motivation to serve their country when they can't trust their country. I don't know what you left this out there. You're, this is massively the left, but I'm going to put some on the right too. But it's certainly massively the left because wokeness, this weird postmodern irrational framing of human reality, world reality, infiltrated the uh, government. Probably some 40, 50 years ago. You don't know it, but now uh, you do. You do, because 40, 50 years ago is not that bad. Uh, prior to Clinton, you know, you know, don't ask, don't tell. All kind of wild stuff was going on in the military back then. I mean, at high levels. And then it got turned into a policy. This is what the Bible means when we go uh, reprobate, when society departs from the capacity to reason through with a moral, ethical break-in frame of reference and begin to engage in things that are just self-destructive and antisocial in their character. And when you have a military that does not have a level of moral and ethical standard by which it can uh, it can endure hardship and difficulty. Then you're talking about a delusional military system as well, and it could never stand up to. It can never stand up to people who live to defend themselves on righteous grounds. This is why Israel is not doing good. This is why all they're doing is dropping bombs. They're not fighting Hamas one on one. This is what we have been doing for many years, too, just dropping bombs, because when we get on the ground at a one-on-one, mono e level, it becomes a problem. You have to train for years and years and years and years and years to become a strong, hardened, persevering soldier. You can't be living life normally and engaging in the frolic of life, and particularly in a lot of the behaviors that you and I know are contrary to good character and and personal um, well-being. And then somehow think you're going to dry up after three weeks of partying for 40 years uh, in some of the most perverse ways and then turn around and be a, a, a well-oiled fighting machine. That's a delusion. This is why we have a wake-up call every time we go into ground warfare with people. And this is what's happening with Israel. You won't hear it in the media, but Israel doesn't do good when they start going in their own ground on ground level troops because they end up dealing with a uh, guerrilla warfare, which is what happened to us in Vietnam. Though I had military men tell me exactly what was going on. They're walking with their corporals and with with their leaders, with their majors, with their generals, and just out of nowhere, things are happening. They couldn't even pick up on it because, you know, we think we're better than everybody else. And these kind of war games require very, 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 very disciplined people. And it's it's sad to say that we we're if we're not moral, and this is what the Word of God says, your enemies are definitely going to prevail over you if you're not operating out of righteous ground. This is why I only believe in a just war theory. I don't believe you go to war and you're right because of might. I do not believe you win wars by might. You must win wars by right, and if the war is won by right, it means you are going to fight ethically, you're going to fight morally, you're going to fight soundly, you're going to you're going to obey the war conventional, the rules of engagement, um, largely speaking. You know, we know what modifications are required sometimes, but if you're going to be if you're going to be the kind of people that uphold a standard for um, warfare that um, can be tolerated by the world, because otherwise. All we need to do is push buttons and everybody's gone, okay? Mutually assured destruction is always a kind of final way out if we don't want to be ethical in warfare. And human beings have tried to be ethical in warfare for a long time. And when you start going into disarray around moral ethical uh, principles and protocols in war, you open the door up for bad things to happen. And I'm hoping that we don't go that way here in this next so-called world war because it, it will be devastating. I hope that we don't have leaders who think that you know when it gets so bad that they can just go hide in their bunkers and wait until the uh the fallout from the nuclear blast clears out enough for them to uh reconstitute governance and 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 uh and deal with the few hundred thousand people that'll be left on the planet. I know that what I'm stating is possible we all know this since the Cold War. Um, And so since because we are so laissez-faire about war, we're stupid. And I can tell you, I can just go off on a major rant against the Republican Party who wants to be just so hawkish at going to war as if somehow war is a game that we can contain and maintain and control absolutely. Nothing could be further from the truth. I saw the map recently, you guys, of Russia's um nuclear uh, arsenal aimed at the different states in america and guess what guess what guess what are the most important states coastal states like california they have missiles as soon as we start talking about nuclear war guess what guess what california's out now let me ask you a question in light of that if you don't think i'm telling you the truth go look it up for yourself it's not that hard to find you'll see maps they because the nature of warfare also is propaganda, so they show you stuff, and we know that Russia has many, many nukes, as do we, as do other smaller countries around the world, um, as we are asserting. But certainly, and Korea, uh, and definitely China. So, if, if you're if you're governor, governor Newsom. Uh, you know, gets his kahunas up right along with the rest of the the governors and the president. I'm going to go to war. Let's go to war. Let's nuke. You can know that he's already got a bunker. He's pulling out his administration and pulling out, finding a hole in the ground somewhere in Arizona, and then just going to let the chips fall where they may. And you and I will be annihilated. California will be annihilated. Okay, and especially northern Cal. When you look on the map, this is true of New York. This is true of the whole East Coast, Florida, all of those regions. Why? Because then the ships can come in, okay? If you don't understand why, everything is not an air, everything is not a uh, Air Force fight. Everything is not a missile fight. It's on the ground too. And the fastest way to get here are by ships for the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean. So we, why are we having this conversation? Because you have to, because your media is not telling you the truth about the dangers that are starting to incrementally develop in our country. I'd like to say our media used to do that. But you know, the more I think about it, I'm not real sure if all our media ha- media has ever done when it comes to war propaganda is lied to us. I'm not so sure about that. Anyhow, the uh, the number to reach me is one 888 Another absolute inexcusable debacle and outrage and embarrassment to us is our failure to challenge the globalists in our senior administrative state. Now, if you don't know what that is, this is where you hear the, the problem media telling you there's no such thing as a deep state. Yes, there is. It's called the senior administrative state. If you don't know, these are the people that are lifers in the government. And even when they retire, they're still part of the government, and they are the ones that really pull the strings in terms of the directions of our policies geopolitically. You can know that. Nancy Pelosi, she's still there. If if uh, Feinstein didn't die, she would have still been there, okay? Chuck Schumer, still there, okay? All those cats are still operating, all right? People like Donald Trump might come and go, but those cats are still there. They have been there for uh, Bush, still there. Obama, still there. The Clintons, still there. There's a whole litany of them still there. And they're making sure that we go in the direction that they want us to go. And one of the directions is a borderless world. Hundreds of thousands, almost millions a month are coming into our borders in Texas. It is a fiasco. It is not Latina. It is not all Latina. You must know these are people from every part of the globe, and especially the Asians coming from China. This they know. You won't hear it, but it's so. And this is happening here. It's happening in Europe. It's happening in other smaller countries, which means this is coordinated. They're not just folks sneaking in. These are coordinated events. And I suggest to you that your government knows this. And that is not the first thing on their agenda to uh, quell, control, and fix is absolutely scandalous to me. Absolutely scandalous. 188-367-532. Now I think I got one more line open. 188-367-5432. 367 5432 Nine, I think that's the number. Anyhow, I'm going to take a break. And then when I come back, I'll, I'll take the phone calls on the Monday edition of Lifeline.
0: We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4-K-F-A-X. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline.
1: Indeed, we're back. The time 5.50 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, we've got 10 minutes in this segment. All the lines are... Uh, For now we can have some conversation and some dialogue let me see if I can pull up my screen here and get us going let's go to line number let me see here how I can squeeze this in let's go to line number one and talk with Idris from Hayward Idris are you there hey
5: how's
1: it going pastor what's going on what's going on my Buffalo brother what's going on <laughs> no no you don't you
5: the buff homie but uh, um, yeah, I missed the past couple of weeks, so I'm gonna throw a lot of things at you. Sure. First off, uh, Niners cheese is gonna be sensational. But I think I'm not sure if you noticed, know but Brock Purdy is a really stout man of God. Like he's really impressive for his age. Like he really goes out of his way to let me know about the gospel. So you should check that out at, uh, I yeah,
1: love God. that. I hold on, hold on. I just, I, you know, you know, we love that because I mean, if we're gonna redeem anything, it's got to be straight up Jesus. And and I mean I've never even the the dude is cool with me I have seen I think he has really good athletic skills so I'm I'm very impressed with that so I'm glad you told me that.
5: Oh yeah, trust me. I yeah, you, you look up a video. He 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 gives you some straight John MacArthur type stuff. I'm like what? Go ahead. But anyway, <laughs> anyways. Um um, I don't know if you've seen a show called Are you familiar with the show The Chosen?
1: Yeah 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 yeah. There's a lot of controversy oh. going on about it.
5: Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I want to just, I, I've been watching it. And I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Other thing I want to ask you about was, LGBT, AI, yo, your thoughts on that. Also, want to get your thoughts on the whole. We, it looks like Trump's gonna be the, uh, the uh, Republican candidate. What's going on with Biden? And the last thing I want to throw out there is I didn't get to talk about the whole like the whole movies and the conditioning. And not to say a movie, but one thing I've noticed in like the last year and a half is how they have constantly have gone off their way to try to make these super masculine women and these men that are just, like, sitting back. And I'm watching action movies, and it's the woman that's fighting and doing all this, and the man standing around watching. I'm like, what is going on? Like, that's, like, the new theme. I'm like, don't get me twisted. I watched Terminator 2. I love me some Sarah O'Connor and all that stuff. But they're doing a whole nother, like, to where I'm, like, I have a one-year-old niece that I know they're going to grow up in this era really thinking that they're, like, the things that God has created men to do it. Like, it's like, I just, I don't even like, I mean, like, like the last matrix I watched, it was about Trinity and not Neo. I'm like, what's going on? But anyway.
1: Right. No, no, I'm no, not, no. Not no, no <laughs> stay with me. This is what I want to do with you on all those questions because you and I are going to yes. carry this to the end of the hour. So you and I got a whole seven minutes. So, I, cause I, I forgot oh, yeah. the other ones. I want to start with the last one first and let's just okay. understand that hollywood if we if one do a research on hollywood you'd understand that hollywood works in cahoots with the cia It works in cahoots with the uh, government, and the government is absolutely tied to the hips by our Department of Defense. So propaganda is embedded in Hollywood. Propaganda is fundamental to Hollywood. Anyone watching movies at length knows this. This is why we love enjoying doing deconstruction of of, uh, different movies and stuff on this program. We really do. But, and therefore, predictive programming is part of George Bonet's, um, he's called the father of propaganda, He knows that human beings are easily impressionable, and in mass, it's even more so the case. You might not get one person to quickly buy into a delusion, but you can get 10 people to buy into it much quicker. There have been all kinds of psychological tests to prove that groupthink is a real thing, to shift people's views is a real thing. You can get them to believe a lie right in front of their face if you set the conditions. So Hollywood has done right. that significantly. And obviously, we have moved away from male patriarchal honor. This is something that's been going on for 70 or 80 years as well. You and I know that. The uh, the era of uh, men being loved for being real men is over with. It's over with. Right? Mm-hmm. You, 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 it's over with. That's, that's why you yeah. see <laughs> weak men who are either beta are gamma males in in leadership positions today. They're weak, and it's it's just part of the destruction. This, I believe, is also kind of an epigenetic kind of uh, social phenomena as well. If you don't create and train and produce strong men, it doesn't happen by nature. That vacuum will always be filled up with women that think that they can dominate. That's just a natural phenomenon. God warned about that. That's why he enforced the rule that... Eve was to submit to her husband, even after she had violated at the tree the first time around. He says, Get back under your husband. Society goes to hell. When we violate those fundamental principles, and that's where we are today. This is why you're seeing so many movies where the chicks are are being dominant across the board. Even Black Panther ended up having a version where it was a sister that got down. That recent right. Black Pan- Panther was about a sister. Yeah. No, you know, yeah. no, we we have no problem with our sisters. Just that when they're out of line, they're they're. They're obnoxious and disrespectful. And you, you, know, a godly man is not gonna go for that. And our world will just fall apart under those kind of paradigms. That's why the family's broken up. That's why the church is effeminized. That's why our country is in the mess that it's in, because of that. There's no, there's no two ways about it. This is the problem with our society on that level. Let's go to our your next question that you had stated. So your intuition is right. What about the chosen that you you got some issues with? Oh, no, no.
5: I don't have issues with it. Um, I I watched it like a, uh, I watched I started watching it and I saw the whole concept of it of, you know, focusing on the disciples and people coming around. And it's like a person who actually knows the word and sees what the show is trying to portray. I Like, I've heard there's been a lot of controversy about it, like, oh, they should be doing it. But I'm like, if you actually watch it and you see like parts of like, because it's very hard to like, it's not hard. You can read the Bible and it's old, but the way that I would say, I've watched a lot of biblical movies from the 10 commandments. This is probably the most impressive one I've seen thus far of all the reenactments and out there. And I want to get your opinion on whether you were a team Cause I, they just came out with season four in the theaters. And I want to watch like the first episode. And oh yeah, De- definitely.
1: Yeah. I'm going to catch you this time around. I, you know what? You have yeah. to always know about what's going on in the media too. If something is good and it has strong Biblical values, strong biblical morals, strong biblical principles running through it. They're going to shoot it down. This is part of the management conflict narrative that's used in Hollywood as well. So they're going to try to find things wrong with it here, there, and, and yep. other places. Yep. And they can, they probably can. But like you said, the goal is to see how much of it carries a moral, ethical compass that glorifies God. Own it for what it is and then spit out the bones. That's what one must do because you're not dealing with the word of God. You're dealing with what is called um, proposition in artistic license framework. So everything is not going to square with everybody in their minds. So right. in all likelihood, you're doing cool with chosen. What was that other question that you had prior to that? I
5: had the AI chat GBT With like, where, where, where are we heading with it? Because
1: Okay. So, like, so yeah. Yeah, that one. Uh, I've been watching that one for a long time. Of course, we talked about this with COVID, the um, the the surreptitious insertion of of uh, Chat uh, GPT and and uh, AI becoming such a natural fusion into our literature, into our information uh, system, into our um, interfacing with literature, information, movies, etc in a minute because it's already happening broadly people are using these resources and therefore they are engaging in what one person calls i'll unpack i'm glad you brought that question up i'll unpack this later this is called dialysis of the imagination
0: dialysis of the
1: imagination is like when a person is on a dialysis machine for their kidneys their kidneys are not functioning right their kidneys right, are not right. functioning. So they need an external mechanism to purify their body, purify their um, their um, their their kidneys because it can't work. Yeah. The same thing with the mind. Dialysis of the mind means that people are in a matrix where their mind is not able to function independent of these systems. Dialysis of the mind means that they are having whole concepts, whole theories, whole ideas, whole systems, whole worldviews constantly poured into their mind so they cannot, they cannot, they cannot think independently in any full-fledged developmental kind of process. They can't hold, they can't construct, they can't maintain an independent worldview without this kind of external mechanism feeding into them. So essentially, this is exactly what the word of God is saying. God gives them over to a strong delusion that they should believe a lie because they didn't have a love for the truth. Truth liberates you from systems and mechanisms so you can think clearly. Of course, either we're going to think biblically or we're going to think carnally. You know that's the case. So the Antichrist system, it's all about trapping your mind. That's the danger of where we are and how pervasive it's starting to become. What was your other question after that one? Or was that it? It
5: was the, the it was no, it was the, uh, Trump looking like he's going to be the Republican representative and then Biden and how you think this is going to play out the way it's looking. That was the last one.
1: Fascinating. Not, yeah, fascinating. This one is fascinating. You're going to hear me more, talk more about the presidential election As we get up into May or June, because I do think we we already are in World War III, and however way they play that, is going to keep um, is going to keep Joe Biden on a pivot as to whether or not he declares martial law, he declares a World War III, the government gets involved in it. I mean, we're doing scam wars right now because Congress hasn't approved of a war in decades. But the point being is that. If we go into a full-fledged World War III, Biden and Trump won't be doing anything. Biden will sit there as a kind of uh, emperor, as I say these presidents are, and we'll ride this out until this thing clears up. That way he doesn't have to go to jail for the crimes he committed, uh, and then the the left will have the right to say, you know, we don't want Trump, because Trump is beating Biden so bad it's it's not even funny. How be it? If Trump gets in, I'm going to just be honest with you. There are some problems with Mister Trumpster too, and we could talk about them. Uh, and we'll do that as we move forward towards the 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 uh, in middle of the year, my dear brother. It's time for me to take a break. When I come back, I'll pick you guys up. One line open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One line open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Great questions, Idris. We will talk to you later. We'll be right back.
0: To join the conversation, call 888-4-K-F-A-X. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline.
1: Indeed, we're back. Let's see here. I'm almost
0: sure. One, two, three.
1: One line open, one If you want to join the conversation, great questions, Idris. Let's go to line two and talk with Leslie from San Francisco. Leslie, are you there?
2: Yes, I am. Hi, Pastor Jesse.
1: Hey, how you doing? What's going on?
2: Uh, we're, we're going to have another star search meeting, which is uh, we're looking for people that are interested in running for local offices in the November election or people that are interested in supporting them. And our next meeting is this Saturday at 1030 a.m. at the San Lorenzo Public Library.
1: Okay, we're in San Lorenzo this time. Last time, I think we were in Newark, right? Yes. Okay, so San Lorenzo Library, um, let's see here. I guess people can Google it, but you don't have an address off the, off the, off, yes. off the hand, do you? Yes. It, it's
2: 395 Paseo, mm-hmm. that's P A S E O, Grande, G R A N D E.
1: That's right. Paseo Grande. Um, yeah, most of us know where that is. Who know the San Lorenzo area well? And once again, the conversation that I'm having with uh, with Leslie, you guys, is about really getting civic involvement in our political local polit- political uh, systems to uh, to as much degree as we possibly can. How are you guys doing so far? I mean, I'm enjoying some of the callers who are getting involved. Uh, talking about how well you guys have helped them out, but how are you guys doing so far?
2: We have about 26 candidates in various stages of uh, filing or in their candidacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have about five candidates in the Oakland area alone. And uh, we have uh, like three people running in the primary. And So there are a lot more races actually that are up in November. So we're expecting a lot more because People have to get over the primary first, and then they start thinking about the general election.
1: Got it. And so, let's see here. What are there some goal, some number of goals that you guys are looking for? I, I definitely twenty six. You know, people contending, and then some already headed towards the front primaries. I mean, that's really good. But is there anything that you're looking for other than uh, just people being available? Well, we're
2: looking this is the first year so we're looking to start with a group and then every year continue to grow and then these comm- these the uh, boards will start having conservative majorities and so we're looking to flip alameda county purple
1: yeah i love that um and, and again i just kind of want to know how are you feeling so far with the traction i mean i think you're doing pretty good what do you think
2: oh we we love it we love meeting the people these are just everyday people that want to step up for the right yeah. reasons yeah, because they want to fair. help the community, they're not in it for money or for grifting. So it's one of the most fulfilling things I've done, actually.
1: No, I love it. I, I I'm very glad to be just a small part of it uh, with this microphone. Um, what's what's the, um, what's the website? I could say a problem, but I'll probably get it get it wrong. Not website, but Tom's email, so people can contact you guys if they're listening.
2: Yes, um, the email. I'll I'll say it first and then spell it. Is mm-hmm. Tom Wong USA at gmail.com. So right. it is spelled T O M as in Mary, W as in O, oh, O-Y, oh, O-N as in Nancy, G as in girl, USA at gmail.com. So mm-hmm. it's Tom Wong USA at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, very, very, very good. Excited, thankful for you guys' labors, thankful for our um, co-mutual participation, and particularly, you know, kind of at the ground level. I mean, uh, you know, may may Tom, you know, may Tom grow in his uh, aspirations towards uh, civic duties as well. I'm I'm pretty sure that God will use this to kind of cultivate some, some, some support as well and it's a real model of uh of starting you know at a fundamental level if if we're faithful in little things God can make us faithful in much that's the way I see it Leslie so I'm very thankful that you guys are operating at the humble level of just you know ground level politics and and to me you're right this is where it's going to begin and having a long-term vision is probably strategically wise so just 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 kudos for for everything that you guys are doing
2: thank you so much for helping spread spread the word
1: indeed we'll talk to you later all right we're going to go to line number let's see what is that three and talk with james from the bay line number three james from the bay james are you there
6: hey pj how you
1: doing man i'm good i'm good enjoy talking with our girl leslie and Tom, they seem to be picking up some traction. Uh, just really good to have them, um, you know, doing the work where people can do more than talk about it. Get on out and be about it, and uh, impact um, our local Bay Area as salt and light. That's what Jesus would have us to do. No matter what our gifts are, employ them for His glory. I'm super. I'm super glad that a lot of the crazy stuff that came out of COVID um, allowed us. To uh, be be uh, more proactive strategically at some of these fundamental levels because people have different gifts in different areas and that being the case um, <clears throat> they they can be they can serve as salt and light in these different communities spaces and in these different contexts and I'm glad we can help. What's your thoughts today, man?
6: You know, I've been <clears throat> trying to uh, you know, put this together. I mean, as far as what's going over in Ukraine, I mean, obviously. You know, Ukraine is getting is getting is getting smashed, but they're not backing down. But obviously, way the way I'm figuring this is, is okay. There's who's benefiting from the fact that Ukraine from that war period? Because we all right. know that the oligarchs. I mean, there 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 are those that are benefiting from that. So we That's know what right. the agenda 21 and with the agenda 30 20 2030s. Uh, uh, we know what their agenda is and it looks to me like there's only maybe say if it's fair to say maybe the U.S. is probably one of the only nations standing, not the only one, but one of the, you know, the one of the only sovereign nations left that's standing in the way. And I think that's why the fight is so fierce over here right now with all the foolishness that Biden is doing, opening up the borders. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you was about this start, because other than my nephew, some of the same young people, that you said that are not buying into the foolishness of, of what's you know well the, the propaganda. I almost said, yeah, the foolishness of the propaganda that's yeah, going exactly. on over in uh in Palestine or o- over in Gaza, are not interested in going to war for, for for obvious reasons. I do believe I'm getting that 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 inkling that those same people are ready to arm up. And defend America with everything that's coming in through the borders. And what I mean by that is on a on a on a well, I say on a local level, on a on a national level, if that makes sense. So not to advocate anything, I don't know, ugly over here, but it's like almost like our hand is being forced, especially in the the well, I would say let's say well, you you mentioned earlier the coastal the coastal states like California, New York. In, in Chicago, these places where a lot of uh, illegals have been sent to, we don't know altogether what we're getting, you know, coming into our our communities.
1: But 100%. And I love the way you framed it. We're going to take a break. When I come back, I'm going to make a categorical distinction between the real young people, Gen Zers, the ones that are 25 and under, then the classes that are moving up, you know, uh, Gen Xers and millennials and us who might be more or uh, less willing to deal with um, the homestead. We can have that dialogue and conversation and then we'll talk about what's going on geopolitically uh, with Ukraine and, and the borders over there in terms of NATO and the United Nations. This is a Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open, one 2 lines open. Nope, one line open, One triple eight we will be right back.
0: To join the conversation, call 888-4-K-F-A-X. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline.
1: That's right. I think we do have one line open. one 888 367 let us go back to uh, James on line <clears throat> number three, I believe it is. So James, let's kind of parse these into different segments to understand the rationale for what you're saying. And I I think it would make sense in in this regard. Um, Right now, the young people, they've been both trained by anti-American ideology for decades upon decades, as you know, um, to hate their own country, despise their own country, um, which is a, a leftist ideology that has its streams In globalism, we know that, and socialism, and in many ways, Marxism, uh, and and what that is, is a kind of uh, self-defeating mechanism, because if we don't strike the balance between demonstrating the virtue of America, uh, as well as expressing the vices of America, then we can propagandize in both directions. We can propagandize in the direction of America's all good, or we can propagandize in the direction of America all bad. And this is where you would see a significant split between young people and older people, particularly older people who are, as I had stated in my opening monologue, uh, fantasizing about a world in America where everything was beautiful and everybody went to church synagogue, what have you, and, and loved each other. No such America ever existed. That was propaganda. And and that's something that is in this dialectic that we know now, the left-right battle, is going to have to be solved honestly uh because this is what israel is doing right now as you know uh producing a propagandized version of the palestinians as a bunch of animals that don't know how to behave themselves and would destroy you if they're if they let out, let out of their cages that was the kind of stuff they said about black people and and see young people today who have been able to be exposed to better balanced views of literature they know that that's propaganda, that it could never, ever correspond with reality or truth. And so, if we're not being honest about the atrocities committed in the past without going so far over into woke land where we are denying the virtues of what happened, the civil rights had vices and virtues, um, you know uh the 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 era of jim crow had vices and virtues the the civil war here in america had vices and virtues as as we know and, and that's the case around the world that's in order for us to preserve the history that justifies our supporting our our nation as men and women have lived and died for it you know we can see this anytime we, we want to in Philadelphia or in the places where our our, our veterans have died the point that I'm making is that uh, our our problem to me is just that our, our government, the political system has swung so far afield to the extreme of both ends that they can't meet in the middle for the good of our country. You know that I've given the graph of being too far to the right and too far to the left to actually see where we overlap in areas in which we should agree. Um, these two extremes have been a problem, and as a consequence, we don't have the ready uh, um, coll- uh, have ready material for people uh, defending our own country robustly speaking. That is to say, um, and, I, and I know that uh, folks from about thirty-five years old, forty years old, up to to our age, would be ready to to defend our country, just in in, in an awareness that. Um, given all of the brokenness of the world, we still have an absolutely wonderful situation here in America. It may not be that way too long from now if uh, things continue to to have a pendulum swing to the extremes that they're going, it'll break. Uh, But I think you're right. I think that if there was an ability for the old folks to talk with the young folks about why we would want to uh, rescue our own country against this invasion that we know is taking place. We know that this is an invasion. This is not just uh, folks uh, that are seeking refuge here in America. This is an invasion. We know this is an invasion, and we are not quite clear what that invasion is going to look like once it begins to express itself, but there's no other alternative but that when there is a kind of over-the-top uh, a soul by whether it's korea whether it's china or wherever or russia uh that on the ground when when people begin to show up uh having proven their allegiance to those other countries then we're going to have to we're going to have to fight for our space and our rights and things of that nature we would hope you and I would hope that we could have conversations with young people that would help them to see that this is a common interest for which we we have to both, both fight. That's the kind of scenario that I'm looking at right now, if that were to come down that way, which would mean for those thousands of people that are listening to me right now, as comfortable as you may be with your notion that, you know, old people can, you know, pull out their musket rifles, no pun intended, and be ready to defend our own country if we look up and our government has sold us out and are willing to uh, let us go through the atrocity of some kind of um, uh, covert civil war with aliens from other countries, Um, the the, the sad reality is is that we're going to have to We're going to have to fend for ourselves. And I think a proactive strike, and I'll give you the last few minutes to comment, I think a proactive strike is to have conversations with every young person that you possibly can about the truth across both systems and both uh, historical views, the views of slavery and atrocity and genocide in our own country, uh, which happened all the way back to our Native American brothers. We can't lie about that. Because we're watching a fiasco happening in, over there in Israel. And, and, and it's just it's a litmus test to see if we can buy into a lie while people are dying. Uh, because we're used to doing that buying lies and painting the picture the way we want to, because we have power. Over the propaganda, but if young people have already been exposed to the valence and it's pulled back, and they see the atrocities going on in South Africa, the atrocities going on in China, the atrocities that went on in Europe, that went on in Bosnia, that went on in America, then yeah, they're going to want a better—they're going to want a better condition in order to live and lay their lives down for. I'll give you the last two minutes. You know, as
6: you were saying, I was just thinking also about. What's going on over uh, in uh, in Gaza, and I don't want to say that this particular situation has biblical implications when none of the other ones didn't, but it seems like this one has the largest. It just yes. seems like they played their hand. I mean, I mean, I mean, they showed their hand so much this time that I mean, it's like there's no turning back. Now, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I could be wrong, but because I'm not up on it, but when you start trying to use scripture to justify your position and it's obviously wrong the guy right. I, I, I shot out a question uh i was thinking about some stuff um recently on a video you sent out i guess that it had to do unfortunately with uh uh a brother back there from cleveland uh truth for the day alice the bag not to make up
1: another right. subject but right. you know which one i caught it are- i caught i caught it I caught it. Yeah, let okay. me let me make an observation while we have about yeah. a minute to go. I I I won't deal with Alistair now. Obviously, you know we could have that conversation, but I'll tell you where the corollary is. Can I tell you where the corollary is? Here's the, yeah, here's the corollary. Here's here's the corollary. So our brother Alistair slipped into some poop. That has to do with the full developmental trajectory of leftist ideology that is rooted historically, as you and I know, in a destruction of the patriarchal model of of relationship. And the idea that homosexuals constitute a real marriage is a complete um, assault on the revelation of God redemptively in Christ. Once we capitulate that position of biblical marriage constituting a man and a woman, once you lose that, There is no reason to believe in God in any right way. And the pseudo-Zionism of the Middle East is exactly the same thing because they promote the same thing. We've already talked about uh, uh, Israel being a kind of hyper-liberal society that is wide open to all these other things. So the corollary is that a false Zionism results in a carnal worldly system that is rooted in and dominated in power rather than in principle and rather than in truth. And it cannot but show up in the evidences of Romans chapter one, if you can see the correlation. Romans chapter one is what you're dealing with, with with and uh, Romans chapter one is what Paul is saying will happen to any society that uh, violates Torah at the proper level. These are two sides of the same coin. See, the key to fixing these problems is the true son of David, the Lord Jesus, who sits on the throne of Zion in glory. And until we get the gospel right, both Old Testament and New Testament, we are, inex- we are inexorably bound to the unraveling of society at the level of Leviticus 18 through 22. This is where we're going. Thank you for the call, my dear brother. Got to take a hard break. Uh, two lines open, one 2 lines open, one triple i will expand on what I just said when I get back.
0: To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888 R K F A X. And now back to Lifeline.
1: We are back. The time is 636 on the Monday edition of Lifeline, Six thirty. Six. Let me go to line number three and talk with Jermaine. Line number four and talk with Jermaine. Jermaine, are you there? Oh uh, yes, I'm here. How you doing, my brother? What are your thoughts tonight? Uh, just uh
7: doing very well tonight. My my thoughts are um I hear about a lot of these billionaires and politicians and people having these bunkers and things they're preparing for, you know, what what they think the world would be like, but I think we know just given human nature, it would be a whole lot worse than we can imagine if, if we did live in that kind of world. But my question is, it seems like the ultimate, I guess you could say, trump card, no, no pun intended, that a lot of these powers have over people is the fear of death and, and the unknown. And I remember you making a comment about a funeral or someone who may have been passing about how we kind of feel the way we do sometimes because we don't know much about over there. About the Lord's presence, I was kind of hoping you could break down how we can better acquaint ourselves with heavenly things and kind of lessen the fear of death for for uh, a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I think that what will facilitate that going forward is a great, great question. Great question. The reason why, and, and this, I'll pick this up with um, our study on uh, the Pilgrim's Progress, where um, where the interpreter told. Christian, in the vision of the two boys, passion and patience. The interpreter told Christian, when men and women are wrapped up in this world, the world to come is a stranger to them. When men and women love this world, they cannot love the world to come because it's too strange. Too strange. So they don't invest in it. They don't. They don't cultivate a heart that is uh, heavenly oriented, and therefore freed from the trappings of this world. <clears throat> That's passion. Passion wants it all now. Everything now. This is your carnal person. Everything now. Patience was willing to give up everything, and and we talked about that. The growth and uh, gain and greatness of the believer is his ability to freely lose all of the things of this world. This is what Jesus is. He that will save his life will lose it, but he that will lose his life will save his life for my sake. Who loses it for my sake will save his life. Heaven will preserve for every true believer who understands loss in this life absolute maximum eternal blessing without a thief breaking and instilling. And when you and I are dealing with a world that is engaging in existential threats such as nuclear war, which is, which is always the possibility, people live under the delusion that everything is peaceful and everything is going to remain peaceful. That doesn't even correspond with reality around the world. But that's how ignorant folks are about the space that they live in. Because it's quiet in their space, it must be quiet everywhere in the world. When people all over the world are living in the um, brevity of the moment because of the exigencies of the circumstances and the dire straits, I will tell you now, our brothers and sisters in Gaza, Gaza, as they would say it in the Arabic, are living with that same kind of vision for glory. They will tell you. They know they're going to die. They will tell you that they're used to this because they've been, uh, you know, wounded and harmed for so many decades and decades and decades that they're used to. They will tell you that every night their families split up in different places to spend the night because in any given moment their home could be shelled or bombed or what have you and everybody uh everybody died, so the precondition for a hope for glory is always a real existential threat. I say that to say this that we could preach it, as I was sharing the other night, John Jasper um was an african American uh preacher who had- you know ended ended slavery, came out of slavery, paid his way out, and one of the things that was that remarked his preaching. There's another pastor too. He'll show up in a book I read years ago. His preaching always set men on eternity and and they thanked him for that. They thanked him for always keeping them on the edge of eternity because it's so easy to get trapped up in this world. Then your value system changed. And then the moment a bomb drops, you don't have an orientation for heaven. Now you're crying out, but you're going in 55 different directions all at once because you haven't, discipline your heart to be able to easily let peace go easily let finances go easily let Uh, uh, political peace go, easily let help go, easily let this go, because the world to come is a complete reconciliation of all of those factors. That's not what is preached today as a fundamental world. What's preached today is materialism. What's preached today is nowism. What's preached across almost all your churches is political peace, uh, political uh, prosperity, and political uh, enjoyment. It is not a robust Uh, heavenward orientation. But in the black plague of the uh, 16th, 17th century in Europe, when people were dying from plagues, then heaven became a reality. And sadly, the plague, whether it's from a war or from a biological anomaly, will will turn people back to a heaven review. And I don't think anything else will turn them back but a heavenward view. Thank you for that call, my dear brother. Let me go to uh, Aubriana on line number two before we go to break. Aubrey, are you there?
4: Yes, I'm here.
1: Hi, young lady, what's going on? What's your thoughts? What's your question?
4: I um, actually wanted to ask a question about the official ballot that I got in the mail. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason why I call is because I also wanted to notify anybody else who may be having this issue. Um, I I talked to my mom and I talked to my grandma. And um, I'm just wondering if anybody else is having the same issue with their ballot, their official ballot for the um, nonpartisan presidential primary election.
8: Mm
4: -hmm. Um, So for me, it says you are registered as a no party preference voter and therefore ineligible to vote for a presidential candidate unless you request and vote a non-part uh sorry and vote a partisan ballot mm-hmm. the following parties allow a no party preference voter to vote in their presidential primaries american independent and democratic Li- uh, libertarians you may right. request a ballot to vote in one of these primaries from your county election officials um so we were a little bit confused because in my opinion this sounds a little bit unconstitutional because um even if i am a no party preference i should be able to vote for whoever i want my mom she's under a party and they told her the same thing that she's um that she's registered as a no party the same thing happened to my um, my grandmother, and she lives in a completely different city. And I also turned around on the official ballot, and even though this is supposed to be a presidential primary elections ballot, there's no there's no options for president.
1: So I know
4: I'm just a little bit confused.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you have every reason to be confused. And what I'm going to do is preserve this. Because it's so complex. This is the, it's really sad how corrupt our political system is. And can you imagine? And you're young, you are politically. Educated you are you know your degree is in politics aubrey and and so you 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 kind of have your ears wrapped around some of this jargon and terminology so that you're not that discombobulated. Think about an older person how troubling this would be, how difficult the, the way that ballot is set up is to marsh you you down a pathway of voting in a very narrow bifurcation principle that's exactly what it's for. And otherwise, you get thrown into the abyss of an arbitrary, non, 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 uh, non-sequitur or non-relevant vote, and they will take that vote, in my argument, and use it to um, to leverage towards the outcome that they want. So, what I know people have heard, um, you guys have heard what what Aubrey said about the um, about um, her her um, her ballot coming in and creating all these. These bizarre uh conditions. Email me, gbchayward at gmail.com, particularly those of you who are part of the political process. Leslie can do it, Tom can do it. They'll they've got it. They'll um they'll get me some information. I'll get it back to you by email. And then we'll talk about it next week. Okay. Just because time won't allow to go into this. Imagine this happening now across all 50 states. How tragic this would be but it's even more you know underhanded in many many other states for all kinds of reasons we'll have a conversation about that i gotta take a hard break thank you for that aubrey i'm glad i i I caught you first when i come back i'll chat with gary before we close out on the monday edition of lifeline we'll be right back
0: and now back to lifeline we are indeed back
1: let's go to line number one and talk with gary in oakland gary are you there Yes, sir. How you doing today, PJ? I'm great, man. What's your thoughts? What you thinking about?
8: Okay, yeah. I mean, I got so many thoughts, man. I had to pick out the best ones. Uh, <laughs> first and foremost, uh, listening to when you were talking about uh, the coastal regions uh, in the event of an attack, um, I was looking at a map based on that very subject, and they were mm-hmm. talking about the state states were actually in the middle of the country.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. It was three That's right.
8: states that they had mentioned uh, that was actually safer than every other state, far as an attack, because everybody seems to be wanting to talk about nuclear bombs now and stuff, and which to me is nothing but a scare tactic. Because uh, you got to be seen to people think about using one, let alone hundreds of them. But, I totally agree. Uh, it, it, it's a possibility, you know, and I pray that it doesn't come to existence. But also, I had a flashback to when 9/11. Um, because we mentioned that too about boots on the ground and this right. explains a lot to why america always bombing from the air and so because they said that they don't want to submit boots on the ground but what it is is they know that our troops will literally get the butts whooped on the ground. right I mean, that's right it, you know there's no doubt about it okay so because yeah. anytime you got men out here putting on dresses and everything what good are they going to be during the war not other than collateral
1: damage for hostile men who are trained to rape men and women. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and, and really
8: you know, sad. my mom, she had asked me at the nine eleven features were, well, Gary, uh, if there were two the wars to break out, would you go fight? I said I would not go fight on another man's ground. I said, but I would fight protecting my ground.
1: Absolutely. I said, because
8: I have I have so much to lose here, nothing to gain there. Okay, right. so, except for uh, the business tycoons and those with the money. I, all I'm saying is, is that uh, uh, you know, our young people they are uh, so you know, I give them I give them a lot of credit because they don't let the world uh, situations affect them, but they need to wake you up and wise enough to it but it does affect them so they need to be more vigilant about uh, uh What's going on in what also affects them. The party the playtime is over. It's time to get real with what's going on in life. That's just right. I just had some opinions about some of
7: the things that you were talking about. No, they're
1: all good, man. They're, they're definitely they're definitely all good. And this is what I said to uh what I said to James, I'm saying to everybody, um uh Gary, that what what our young people lack, they cannot get on their own and this is why the world was never made by God for there to be such a generation gap between the old and the young that is a diabolical system set up by a marxist uh extreme uh tyrant versus uh victim mentality um uh the 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 generation gap philosophy was rooted in uh the uh upline engaging way too much in materialism narcissism selfishness and carnality to co- to maintain a connection with the downline at the level of being able to speak into the downline's life effectively and um and productively as a source this is i've shared this before this is so very simple uh, and this is why the Proverbs would say for the uh, young men to honor the old men. To honor really means put yourself in a position where you can benefit from what they say. The only admonition that I would give to older men is stop being fools and have something wise to pass down to young people. Don't think just because yeah. you're old that you're wise. The Proverbs make that very clear. Um that we should be able to learn from our experiences, frame them in a way to package them Uh, in a manner in which the young people can get it. And therefore, the young people appreciate us. What that does is it increases their peripheral vision of the world because it becomes a shared vision, a shared narrative. That's the way it used to be. Young people sat around the older people, men and women, and the older people poured into the young people. And the young people shared with the older men and older women so that they could collaborate around the destiny of the young people. There's no division here. The division is a sad division of selfishness. And we know that, particularly you and I, Gary, in the African-American community. Way too many years wasting our time trying to enjoy this life and stay young and not being connected to the downline, which was coming up as we were coming out. And now that we're out, so many old brothers uh, and old sisters don't even have a way to talk to young people much of it is talking over their head in a kind of uh language uh dynamic that's so old and archaic that the kids can't even resonate with it or talking from a point of hyper-authoritarianism, which is a front for insecurity, because you know intuitively these kids are sharp, and they may call you on something, challenge you on something, but if you have a relationship with them, then even if they did respectfully say, can you explain yourself, then all you and I want to do is explain ourselves to them so that they can get it, but we are living in a time where those kinds of relationships have been uh, destroyed, so we got to reestablish. Relationship. I, I'll give you a little bit before we close it down.
8: Yes, and I have one more uh, point that I was—I was listening to the lady talking about the ballot. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think I heard. I haven't looked at it yet because I know I got a message that mine was being put in the mail. Uh, that there was some clause or something was stating that uh, if you wanted to switch. And vote for a party that wasn't your party, you had to change your preference to that party. I'm not sure. No, right? a minute. I don't think I heard that right. Okay. You're telling me I have to register
1: as a Republican if I chose to vote outside of my Democratic seat? So now what? So, so what? No, listen, we have to talk about that later because my time is winding down. Okay. I want all of us to do the research. I want all of us to do the research so we're on the same page when we have this conversation next Monday, Lord willing. Thank you for the call, my dear brother. We are up on the end of our time. If you want to join me in our pilgrim's progress journey, email me gbchayward at gmail.com. GBC lowercase hayward at gmail.com and enjoy the study with us. Tuesday night Bible study, 6:30 at Grace. Wednesday Zoom cut study 6:30. Friday Bible study, 7 o'clock. Of course, worship it on on Sunday. Phenomenal time with folks from every ethnic group under heaven and join the one savior of the world, the one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He alone can bring you the peace that passes all understanding. And so that's it for our program today. Until next time, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord calls his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. Jehovah be gracious to you in his chesed, which comes through the person of his son, Jesus, Yeshua, Messiah. He is Jesus. He is Jesus, the Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me.